and welcome everybody to the Digital Dose podcast. This week, we will be having a reflection on the recent Australian College of Mental Health Nurses Conference held down in Melbourne. Um, as usual, I'm joined by the illustrious Professor Rhonda Wilson <laughs> and a special guest, Yetta. Would you yeah, like to introduce yourself? Yeah. I'm Yetta from Denmark and uh, I have had a pleasure to be a guest, I think, at the conference. It was a very good conference in Mental Health. I'm at uh, Newcastle University um, together with Rhonda and all her fantastic team. I'm a PhD student. Hi, Oliver, and it's great to be back uh, on the Digital Dose podcast and great to have our guest Jetta Sunsen with us from Denmark. Um, the conference was amazing. Just I was overwhelmed, overloaded, absolutely saturated with uh, new ideas, with meeting with colleagues face to face. Um, you know, it was it was very exciting conference, and I have to say, there was a real buzz about digital mental health at this particular conference. It was the talk around the coffee, around the morning teas, over lunch, around the posters. Um, there was a lot of good discussion and a lot of really uh, engaged thinking about what does digital health mean in the mental health and particularly the mental health nursing context. So um, so I thought that it was, a, it was a really fantastic conversation. I think people are ready for it. I think clinicians are mindful that uh, digital health is a real thing and uh, that it is uh, racing along really with it's becoming um, quite prolific um, and it is uh, infiltrating the people's lives in so many ways that mental health nurses realise they've got to get on board and uh, understand a lot more about uh, their, their own digital literacy uh, and the uh, the access to digital health services and digital mental health services of the population the people they care for. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think the overall, the there was a huge appetite for anything digital health, and there wasn't a there was it was quite a number of digital health talks actually given. It wasn't massive, but there was quite a few, and every one of those generated some level of interest, some level of discussion. Um, and I know throughout the time, uh, both you and I were frequently approached by people with questions concerning digital health, concerning the components of AI, concerning health delivery, and very much an appetite to understand further how this interacts with their practice. How, what does digital health mean for mental health nurses? You know, how can we leverage all these ideas to actually be um, creating new solutions to deliver that high level of care that we are capable of delivering to, to more and more people? So I know that we both presented on some AI components around uh, our previous podcast around the commercial determinants, um, and there was a lot of interest with people there trying to actually understand further what was actually occurring in the space. But what I found, and I'm sure you would have similar, is that afterwards getting very specific AI-related questions. And it was interesting to see where people were at because they're clearly embracing AI, they're embracing digital health, 
but it's trying to put those pieces together and how do I do this in this or in my practice, I look at this or I look after people with X, Y, how do I bring that in or how do I apply that? So there's a huge, huge appetite and I think that's only going to see that it's going to grow um, as we see technology and the pickup increase um, in the coming. Yeah, everybody's very curious about it and want to uh, want to know more and uh, increase the knowledge about this area. So uh, I think it's a good idea. There was some more talk about it and we, uh, you have a lot of talk. You also, uh, Rhonda, have a lot of talk about it, a lot of questions, but it's, I think it's a good way, you know, to network and to uh, help each other uh, worldwide to to get along with with its questions about AI and how do we use the technology in a in in a best in the best way to increase people's need mm-hmm. and to um, yeah. Yeah, I think so as well. I think one of the themes of, of some of the questions that and comments that came my way were were related to can we trust it? Yeah, can we trust <laughs> yeah. AI? And that was a really really interesting discussion. Oliver, you're a bit of an expert on trusting and trust in AI. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Can I supplement with a yeah, little bit? Yeah, because actually I'm a little bit scared about it. And I think I sit in front of one of the men who can answer that question or discuss it with us. You because do I'm not I'm not alone by yeah. feeling a bit scared. Yeah, you're not alone at all. No. And I think we've touched on it briefly and probably should do a whole podcast just devoted to this this topic and it's <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. it's 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 um really pressing, I think, that we understand trust. Um because if you look at, uh, I think it was uh, Singapore, European Union, and it was, I think, even Australia has, it's various ones coming out saying that uh, AI must be prove its trustworthiness. And we've broken this down in an article that will actually be, be published very soon talking about the fact that when we look at our clinical tools, so, you know, we're mental health nurses, so we talk about the HONOS, but, you know, general practice, water low, you know, name a tool. We don't talk about those tools being trustworthy. We look at their rigor and validity in these components. So, when we actually start looking at AI and start using term trust, which is an inherently human construct, it's actually very difficult for you to consider the AI trustworthy. And I think this is the conversation that we need to be having more and more as we go forward to actually go, yes, you can consider it trustworthy within the names of integrity and reliability and looking at that way. But when you come to the empathetic components of trust, I trust that you will do what you say that you do, you know, and these developed relationships, it's really important that we actually don't seek that from a machine. It, it's it's a very complicated machine, but it's a machine nevertheless. It's math and statistics that sit underneath. So I think part of our conversation will be about the way in which we utilize AI going forward will be that we need to understand how the AI works. Can it explain how it came to its decision? Can it show me why it thinks, you know, I'm even anthropomorphizing it right there, um, which, which we inherently do. But it's showing that the process by which the machine took to arrive at its outcome. And there is other work by Lily Brown, um, which I'll note to in the show notes, and they're talking about, you know, 
it's so important for clinicians to actually understand how it arrived at the outcome that it did to make that recommendation. And I think this is part of what we need to actually delve into more in a digital space. It's not just AI, but any digital tool. How do we actually show um, how the tool works, its complexities, how's the data stored, how is it used, how does it come to help the person? You know, is it just an interpretation of a previous tool? Or I know chatbots is a really great example where you can get very complicated chatbots, you can get very straightforward ones. There is research to show that um, if you're upfront in the first place, say you're using a chatbot, the people are actually more willing to use it because they know that they're interacting with that level with, with the machine. And there's some great uh, CBT chatbots that actually just go through the basics of it and just check in with you every day. And it means you can have one-on-one sessions Mm. Yeah, and you can try it. use it when you need it, and yeah. when you when it suits you, which is which is really critical, and that's the flexibility, I suppose, digital offers. One of um, you know some of the other uh, um, comments that certainly came to me were around uh, you know how we train uh, AI and the the quality of the training data. There was uh, quite a bit of discussion in the conference about training data and how we can ensure that it is clinically trustworthy as well. So that was another theme. Yeah, I think that's really important and we'll see more and more. I think that came up in my talks as well, people asking very similar questions. And it's related back to that trustworthiness component because if you don't know how the data is classified, can you actually trust the outcomes, if it's classified by non-clinical people or if it's bad data to start with, you know, it's garbage in, garbage out. You're going to perpetuate more of whatever. And we, uh, Along similar lines, I got asked a question about, you know, systems being biased. And it's the same answer that, you know, if you've got an inherently biased system in the way you do your practice and you get the data, the data is going to perpetuate that bias because that's the data that's there and being used. So we sort of have to weigh the quality of that totality when we start building models. So just because we we have a model and have an outcome or have an intervention doesn't make it any better than the current practice we already do if our actual current practice is already biased. Mm. And um, we uh, we attracted um, some outside interest as well. It was um, I, I think I've I've never been to a conference before where uh, where I had been sought out by a non delegate um, who heard that I was going to be speaking at a particular conference in in Melbourne and drove from out of town just to to come and meet us and talk to us about our work and um, actually did that two days in a row. So that was really, really interesting to hear that there is such interest uh, that, um, you know, people are, are really eager to hear more and more about uh, digital health and digital mental health in particular. So we had a couple of um, interactions that were really quite unexpected. I think the, uh, the interesting conversation where that one ultimately led to was about our ethics, you know, how we, how we use, how we build, how things get implemented. And uh, repeatedly sort of saying that just because you have a system and you can use it, does it actually, should you use it? I should reframe that. Um, and 
when we look at utilising something in practice, it, does it actually suit the needs of the person? And we come back to the conversation, what does the person need? Are you disclosing to the person that this is AI? Where is that uh, transparency for them to actually understand? So uh, similar to clinicians, clinicians need transparency in how the system works and any digital system, not just AI, but also those who people that the end users, they need to have that transparency and, and know. I mean, I would hate to think you perpetuate somebody sitting there using a chatbot for, for weeks on end thinking they're actually talking to somebody and disclosing things and, and building a relationship for all intensive purposes via this medium only to suddenly realize that this, this isn't what they perceived it to be. And so their trust in the system, the trust in the person, like there's a whole gamut we could explore just in that space. Um, and it's great that people are seeking us out to have those conversations. Mm. Yeah. And yeah, I think it's a good point, uh, Oliver. But also, you know, you you need to have your your critical thinking, your reflection together. What? Not that you can't trust the AI or the chat ETB, but you need to, you know, read what is actually the answer and what question do you give the the chat box and what is the answer because you need to have a, a question uh, you know know about uh, you know I have an area I know a lot about so if I get the chat to be a question I I need to reflect and I need to read the text critical to see is it actually the right is it the topic is it the right does it write about it a reader no write about the right thing yeah I think that is that's that's really important point Yetta, because you know our clinical judgment mm. and critiquing the evidence that yeah. underpins the the AI itself uh, there's never an occasion for us to suspend our clinical judgment uh, as health professionals um, that AI and digital solutions need to be critiqued and so our clinical judgment is is really really important like like everything every other things when you read an article in in yeah you also need to be critical is it the transport transferability is it the do you know the article was about this thing like you talk about uh, for a few minutes ago so yeah it comes to back sort of having that sort of discussion around digital literacy. So it's as much as your critical thinking and those things, skills that we have, but it's applying that just because ChatGP said it or a chatbot or whatever tool you're using, we don't want to, you wouldn't accept magical thinking from anywhere else. So it's applying that filter and applying that digital uh, literacy, digital health literacy, which I think is really key that I think that's what people are really crying out for is to actually have that understanding and and have um, a shared um, understanding of what that means for not just mental health nurses, which is, of course, where we're at, but I think greater um, interdisciplinary spaces and understand how these things relate and work and how it affects people as we move forward with these types of interventions. Mm. 
And I guess I think that, you know, there's a responsibility by uh, for health services and uh, um, public health sector to ensure that they are assisting uh, the professional development of people in, in terms of their digital health literacy as well, both the health professionals and the general public, um, that these health institutions, public health institutions actually have a responsibility to uh, to make sure that they're bringing everybody along with the, the development that's required uh, to be able to access these resources. I was really, really taken aback at um, how far along I think the the courage of mental health nurses were to to start to be brave enough to uh, embrace, I suppose, at a very early entry point, perhaps, but still embrace digital. Uh, mental health interventions and I do think that takes a bit of courage because it is stepping um, bravely into the unknown a little bit uh, a place where our profession hasn't gone before and so I, I really noticed that um, that people were were very interested to take some of those emerging steps and and to start to think, okay, well, how do we how do we do this? And to recognise their need to be uh, part of the discussion, and they need to to join the discourse to ensure that we have uh, quality uh, mental health professional and mental health nursing contribution to the development of digital health resources. What, what do you think about that, Oliver? No, I couldn't agree more. I think the, there were several uh, people that approached me and they had some some great ideas. At first, I think, well, that's a bit of an out there idea, but, you know, stopping and having a conversation with them and, you know, putting some context in and, and understanding what we already know, you could see that they were very um, – they liked the idea. They, they were moving forward. They could see these next steps. And I think like just as we're talking now, I, think, I can't wait for next year from the premise of if this is the questions that are being asked now and they're, as you point out, they're brave to come and ask and, and to work through this, we're going to see they're going to move forward, but also we're going to get other people coming in with, with more ideas and more th- more um, viewpoints on what digital health means, what AI means, what all these components means to, to mental health. And I think it's such an exciting time to be working in this space. Um, so I, I really can't wait to see what's going to emerge over the next 12 months. We've seen the last 12 months in this space has been huge and we have people now who see the importance and understand the importance. So with this rapid rate of technological change, you know, what are we going to see next time? Are we going to see two or three sessions that have to be devoted to digital health? Are we going to find that digital health is so broad we actually have to categorise it into AI, to interventions, to… Policy. Um, exactly. Yeah. You know, the ethics components of oh, those things. Ethics, yeah. So there is a lot to unpack. But if, I, you know, if we don't have that level of enthusiasm, if we don't approach it and don't encourage the people that are actually being brave, then we're going to be left in the dark and 
and it won't be in 10 years, it'll be in two years, in three years, things will have, have changed or tools will be put into place Then we go, well, that doesn't suit or doesn't apply or how does that work or, you know, we aren't at the table, you know, um, driving and, you know, making sure that that high quality of care is, is being delivered in a way that is what mental health nurses can deliver. Yeah, but sorry, uh, I, I think you should uh, next year in mental health nursing conference you should uh, probably have a panel discussion, or you should have a, a little you should have a little workshop about digital health. You know, com- combinating you know a talk and and some workshops, and people you know can get in touch with some of the things. So that's also a way I think we can you can maybe that's a great idea and we we give a bit of a shout out to Dr. Kathy Daniels <laughs> the scientific um, director for the conference um, because uh, I think that's a great idea uh, that uh, we you know is a suggestion to take forward whether there might be merit in having a masterclass or a deep dive session uh, into digital digital mental health um But I'm re- I've come away from the conference really, really inspired, um, really motivated uh, by all of the ideas that I've heard, the exchange of information, just even the friendly nature of this particular conference. And um, and I, I'm looking forward very much to the conference again in Perth this time next year. Um, if you're an international listener, then or uh, somebody from Australia, please um, keep the Australian College of Mental Health Nurses Conference on your radar. It's going to be in Perth, Australia, a beautiful place to visit, uh, and some beautiful produce coming from that area as well. So um, I'm inspired to keep uh, um, powering on in digital mental health in particular. Um, And I think, you know, we, we've got much to look forward to. There's a very positive future. I'm really, really thrilled to see the way that Australian mental health nurses are uh, bravely uh, um, embracing, I think, some digital mental health ideas. And uh, that makes me very proud indeed. Um, this has been a fabulous podcast joined by my co-host Oliver Higgins and our international guest Jette Sørensen from Denmark uh, and we'd like to sign off and thank you for listening to us on the Digital Dose podcast. We look forward to talking to you again soon. Music.